So um, I'm doing a series, I'm in the middle of a series on money, money matters. And actually, you know, it's kind of encouraging to me that, that I'm doing this series now because what I do uh, every, every summer in August, I figure out what I'm going to preach on for the upcoming year. And so I kind of lay, I really pray and just say, God, what do you want me to talk about? And what, what's, what series would be good for evangelism? What would be good for discipleship? Where can we go deeper into the Bible? And really kind of get a sense of where we're going to go. And so it was last August that I decided we were going to spend the month of March talking about money. Little did I know that there was going to be inflation, that, that gas prices were going to be double, that we were all going to be feeling this at this time, you know, this conflict in, in Ukraine and, you know, just all the stuff that's going, going on that makes us, like, stressed out about, about money. So it was just encouraging to me that God, when I'm praying and, you know, in August really saying, God, what do you want to do? Just that hopefully, you know, the Holy Spirit's guiding me and leading me as I put that together. And so our theme verse for this series is Haggai chapter 1, verses 5 to 7. And it says this, it says, Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. And so... You know, it's, this verse was written 2,600 years ago to, to people in a very specific situation. But we hear this, and, and I bet you lots of us today would say, this, this is exactly how I feel. I mean, this is how life is. I feel like I'm working really hard, and I'm, I'm making sacrifices, and I'm doing everything I know to do, but I can't get ahead. It's like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm planting, but I'm not harvesting. I'm eating, but I'm never full. It's like I have a pocket, and I put my money in my pocket, and there's a hole in the pocket, and there's a hole in the bank account. As soon as it comes in, it's gone. And I bet if we had you raise hands, a lot of hands would go up and say, this is exactly how I feel. Now, what, what this verse does, though, which is really interesting, this section of Scripture, it starts off by saying, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give, thought, give careful thought to your ways. And then it bookends this, this, little, this passage with another time of saying, give careful thought to your ways. And so I think for us now, with so much financial pressure and inflation and interest rates going up and all this stuff, this is a time for us to give careful thought to our ways. When it comes to finances, right, that we, that we talked last week about being people who build our house on the rock, not on the sand. And Jesus said the way that we build our house on the rock is by hearing the words of Jesus and putting them into practice. And so I bet that there's a lot of us, we maybe even know some of the things the Bible has to say about money. But we've heard it, but we haven't put it into practice. And so financially, we're kind of building our financial house on the sand. And what I said last week, my hope for all of us, and I think I can confidently say that this is, I think, is God's heart for each and every one of us, those of us who are here, those who are, I just realized I'm like wandering, and I'm like, oh, the camera, hold on, live stream people, hello, I, I'll try to, I'll get on a shorter leash, I'll try to stay where I'm supposed to be. Um, but uh, but, but uh, that, that, that we can all kind of come to a place where we have confidence that we are enjoying God's financial favor. God's financial favor and God's financial blessing. I want you to be able to put, lay your head on the pillow at night, no matter what's going on, and saying, hey, when it comes to my finances, God's got my back. 
I am enjoying God's financial favor and God's financial blessing. Now, God's financial blessing does not mean you're going to own a fleet of Rolls Royces. It doesn't mean that you're going to be flying in and out of Teterboro Airport all the time in your own private jet. It doesn't mean that. What it does mean, what I really believe, and I'm talking more about this next week, but I think what it does mean is that God is committed to you. God is committed to provide for you. And what you're going to find over the course of your life is that God always comes through. And that often that what it is, is it's, it's just enough, just in time. I think that's God's financial favor. God's financial provision. It's not a million dollars in the bank account. But it's just enough, just in time. And that has been my testimony as, as you know, leading a family, a father of six in Bergen County with four kids who've gone through college that I don't, you know, I mean, I've got an old car and I've got a roofy leak, but I have a God who's provided just enough, just in time. That absolutely has been my testimony all through the years. Even like when I was planting this church, I mean, it's crazy, but like my wife, she wasn't working because we had little kids. She's a school teacher. And so we somehow, we somehow, I don't even know how we did it because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't making much money. I'm still not, but, but, uh, uh, no, that's not, we'll go, whatever. That's a whole other story. <laughs> Churches, I'm, I'm, that's not a complaint. It's all good. God is faithful. But, uh, but, but somehow we had four kids, a wife who wasn't working, and I was able to buy a house in Fairlawn. I don't even know how in the world that happened, but it was like just enough, just in time. And I've just, I've seen God's faithfulness, you know, as I've led this church. That it's always been through all the stuff that we've gone through. You know, all the different buildings that we've had. Everything we went through to get into this building. It's always been just enough, just in time. And so I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that, that God is for you when it comes to your finances. And I bet you there are many of us here right now, you're under a lot of financial pressure. You're really feeling it. And I bet I'm talking to some people who, like, you feel a little bit hopeless when it comes to your financial future and it comes to what's happening. But I want to say God is faithful and that God is faithful and that he is committed to you. And I think that it says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to bless you abundantly, right? God is, God is able to bless you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you can abound in every good work. I believe God wants you to abound in good works that he has for you as you put your trust and you put your hope and you put your confidence in him. And so what I want to talk about today is I'm going to talk about the D word. You guys know what the D word is? I'm talking about debt because the Bible has a lot to say about debt. Listen, if you're here today and you don't believe the Bible and you're like, I don't know, it's just something that was written a long time ago. I want to tell you that even if you don't believe the Bible, if you followed what the Bible says about money, you would be in much better financial shape right now than probably you currently are. You'd have a lot more peace, a lot more, lot less stress. You know, you'd sleep easier at night if you followed what the Bible has to say. Bible has a lot to say about money. Jesus talked a lot about money. I think the reason Jesus talked about it, the reason the Old Testament talks about it, is that money is something that competes for our hearts because we're tempted to put our trust in money. We're tempted to live for money. We're tempted to have security for money. It, it kind of is a rival, like the faith we're supposed to have in God, right? Whether we're talking about, you know, dollars or bartering or gold or whatever through all the ages, that it's always been this temptation that we would look to money for things that we're supposed to get from God. And so that's why, that's why Jesus talks about, the, about money a lot, because it's a hard issue. Right? Where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. And, uh, and so, so the Bible has a lot to say about debt. And the reality is, is that we need to hear it. 
Because all of us, like it's so easy for us to, to get enamored. We live, in this, we live in this culture in this time where we're constantly inundated with messages that basically kind of say, you're one purchase away from living your best life. Like if you just had this car, or if you had these you know, designer clothes, or you went on this great vacation. How many times have you ever noticed like when you're, you're in a car and you're talking to someone about something, and then all of a sudden you go on like Facebook or Instagram and there are commercials for the very thing that you're talking about? And you're just like, Google is listening, <laughs> you know, like, like what's going on here? They deny it, but it happens all the time, and it really, it seems to be a thing, right? So, so it's very easy for us to get pulled into this. Now, now, if we want to upgrade our lifestyle, because right, that's really what we're doing. If you get a new car, you're upgrading your lifestyle. If you get a new phone, if you get a new whatever, you're upgrading your lifestyle. There are two ways that we can do it, right? We can either do it by like working hard and saving and investing, or we can do it by pulling out a credit card and just kind of signing our name, and then immediately we drive it off the lot. Immediately we, we go home with it. We immediately have it, right? Uh, one way is really slow. The other way is really fast. One way brings peace. The other way brings stress. One way uh, brings freedom. The other way brings bondage. And so we're going to talk about what the Bible has to say about debt. And, and this is a message, I, you know, one of the things that I say all the time is that if we follow Jesus, he's going to make life better and make you better at life. I think this is, this is a really good example of the truth of that statement. Because there are some things that the Bible says that can make a real difference in our life. And there are so many people who have just gotten, so, you know, just so much debt. And they were like, okay, well, I think that I can, I can handle this. This can work out. But now we've got interest rates going up. Now we have inflation. Now all of a sudden it's kind of time to pay the piper. And people are like, man, I don't have enough margin. I'm under stress. I'm under pressure. And so, and so I want to encourage us. I want to be really clear what my goal is here this morning. It's, it's actually a pretty simple message. Didn't take me very long at nine, but what happens, like, the more I give a message, it gets longer. I don't know. I don't know why that is, so we'll see. But, uh, but um, three, I have three, three verses in the Old Testament. And so we're going to say, like, what, what God says about debt, you know, in each verse. And so my goal here is, is just very clear. I want to change the way that you think about debt. I want you to come out, what my hope is, is that you're going to come out of this message and you're going to have a different perspective about what God says about debt as opposed to what our culture says about it, and that you're going to say, you know what, I'm no longer, I'm not going to pull out my credit card anymore. I'm not going to take on any more consumer debt. I just want to be really clear, that's my goal, is that you would say, I'm done with credit cards. And then, after saying, I'm done with credit cards, that you would then say, I'm now going to come up with a plan to get out of the debt that I currently have. So that, just be real clear, this is where we're going. If, if the people are like, yeah, I don't want to hear this, you can leave now. No, don't leave. That would be, wait like five minutes, and then, you know, then people won't know why you're leaving. But I just want to be really clear about that's, that's where we're going to go, right? So there's three verses. Be real clear about, you know, our, our, our intention. And so the first one is this. I'm going to tell you first what what the kind of the principle of what God says and then give you the verse. And so we have, we have fill in the blank notes. If you want to open up your app, you can go to it, you can find it. The first is this. God says that being in debt means that things are not going well for you. So this is what God says. Now the first verse is from Deuteronomy. And so we need to understand the context that Deuteronomy was when God was establishing the covenant with Israel. And so the covenant with Israel was basically quid pro quo. God said, listen, if you, if you follow me, 
If you obey my commandments, you put me in the center, then things are going to go well for you. If you follow me, then you know what? Um, your crops are going to come in. Like your wheat and grain, it's going to be really thick and healthy and good. Your cows are going to be really fat. Your kids are going to be happy. The spring rains are going to come right on time. Because what God wanted to have happen, remember God was going to bless the Israelites so the whole world would be blessed through them. So the way it was going to work is God wanted all the other nations to be like, man, have you seen what's going on with Israel? Have you seen how thick their cows are? I mean, they, they are really, they are doing well. Who is their God again? Could he maybe be our God? See, that's how it was supposed to be. But, but then it was also, though, like, but if you don't follow me, if you don't keep your end of the covenant, things aren't going to go very well for you. Right? It was kind of, there was, there was kind of behavior modification that was at work here. And so with that context, Deuteronomy 28, 12, it says, you know, if they obey, if they follow the covenant, the Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. And so what God is saying is that if you follow me, if your life is blessed, you're not going to be in debt. If your life is blessed, you're, not, you're going to have financial margin, and you're not going to need to go to someone for a loan. Actually, if anything, they're going to come to you for a loan because you're not going to need it. That's a sign of my blessing. So what God would say, the first thing, is that if you have debt, and I'm talking, not talking necessarily about your mortgage, Though, obviously, I mean, we did have a situation in 2008 where people got into, like, a lot of trouble because they bought way too much house, house that they couldn't afford. Or maybe you're kind of going to your house and, you know, using a line of credit, kind of using it as a piggy bank. You can get in trouble that way. But mostly you get a mortgage, you're paying off your mortgage. You know, that, that's, that's fine. I'm talking about, talking about consumer debt. Right? But if, if you have a lot of consumer debt, that it's a sign that things aren't going well in your life. Now, this is kind of weird for us. It's kind of weird for us to hear because our culture, our whole society is based on debt. I mean, when you went to college, right, if you went to the first day of college, you went to the quad or you went to wherever, the plaza, and you could sign up for all sorts of extracurricular activities. You could figure out what intramural sports you wanted to do, all that kind of stuff. But then there was like Visa had like a, a table. They had a representative there. They're like, hey, you're starting college. And when you go to college, it's kind of like you're an adult but with training wheels, you know. And they're like, all right, so we're going to kind of get you started right away. Get a credit card, right? We want to get you going with this like immediately. And, and so it was just kind of normal. But, you know, when credit cards first became a thing, it wasn't until like 1958. Like that's, like that's kind of surprising because you'd think that credit cards have always been around. American Express came out with the first credit card in 1958. It was called the Travel and Entertainment Card. And so then over the course of the next 10, 20, 30 years, credit card debt just became normal. Credit card debt, just paying for things on credit, that just became how you do life. But my parents' generation, they didn't have credit cards. They didn't. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, like they had a credit card, but it was like... Like, never, like, my friend never used it. Like, it was just kind of absolutely for, like, emergencies. And I don't even know what would qualify as an emergency. It was like, not going to use this. But uh, uh, what they would do back in the day is if you wanted, let's say, for example, you needed a new washing machine. And if you didn't have money for the washing machine, you know what you would do? You would go to Sears Roebuck or wherever you'd go, and you would talk to the salesperson on the floor, and you would say, I want this washing machine, but I can't afford it, so here's 
would you take this washing machine and put it in the back and put like a blanket over it or something, and I'm going to come back here every week, and I'm going to give you $50 or $25, or I don't know how much a washing machine was back then. I'm going to give you money every single week, and when I fully pay off the washing machine, please ship it to my house. That was, that was the thing. That's what people would do. It was called buying something on layaway, right? So it was layaway. Now you hear that and you think, That's a, what kind of system is that? That's not a good system because you've got to wait, you know, to get the washing machine. Our system's better. We take the credit card, we, we pull out the credit card, we sign our name, and we go, and we're washing our clothes in a brand new washing machine. But, but is it really, is it better? Because if you think about it, by the time, see, if you paid off, by the time you paid off for the washing machine or the phone or whatever it is, right, by the time you paid it off, you had something that was brand new. See, our system now, by the time you pay off that washing machine, that washing machine has been in the junkyard probably for a year. Right? By the, time, by the time you pay that thing off, whatever it is, you don't even know where it is. It's like down in your basement somewhere. It's like it's, it's, you know, in that part of your basement, like the, the, the lost area that, that you know, things go and you never find them again. Or, you've, or you've, upgraded, you've upgraded the phone or the device two or three times since then. So is it a, is it a better system? And so the first thing that we need to know is that, is that according to God's perspective, having a lot of debt, is a sign that something's wrong. Here's the second thing that we need to know. And this is kind of, you know, God's just kind of cutting to the chase. He's not, he's not pulling the punches. God says that if you're in debt, that you are enslaved. If you're in debt, you're enslaved. Proverbs 22, 7, it says, The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is a slave to the lender. Now, this was written by Solomon, who was the wisest man and wealthiest man. And what he says is like, listen, if you owe... If you owe something to someone, whether you're an individual, whether you're a corporation or business, whether you're a country, you are a slave to the person that you owe money to. They can kind of tell you what you need to do. And so, so we actually, over the, during the last year, we refinanced this building. And so we originally, when we bought this building, we had a great relationship with Boswell, Boswell Engineering, Steve Boswell, who runs uh, Boswell, uh, and he, he gave us the mortgage. So he like tried, I, I had so much favor with this guy and he liked us and he, and so he, you know, we just um, kind of, you know, just wrote, our, wrote out our mortgage. We didn't have to go to a bank. And then when we needed money to do all the renovations and stuff, they gave us a line of credit. And so the, uh, the interest rate that we had for the mortgage was really good. The interest rate that we had for the line of credit was, wasn't so great. So we wanted to refinance. And so we went to a bank. And so we refinanced. Now, I've, I've had a house mortgage forever, but, but I've never gotten a commercial mortgage before, especially for a $4 million building. That was all new. And so they gave us a really good interest rate. And, and so we were saving, you know, we saved $7,000 a month on our, on our building payment, which is great. And so I'm thinking like, great, okay, $7,000 a month, that's $84,000 a year, that like we could hire somebody, we can do this investment, we can do that. But there was something that I didn't know about when it came to a, when it came to a commercial mortgage. It's called the debt service coverage ratio. So you guys have heard of the debt service coverage ratio. That was new to me. I had my financial guys had to explain, like, no, Phil, we can't spend that money. Here's what this means. See, see what it is is that that $7,000, I thought that the way that it works is, like, you pay your mortgage, you're good to go. We've never missed a payment on any building that we've had, so we're good to go. But they, the bank actually wants to make sure that you have cushion. 
And so there's this whole calculation about how much of your money you can spend and what you can't spend. And, and so that $7,000, we're not able to spend it. We have to save it, which is fine. It's, it's our money, but we just can't use it. But what it just shows, though, that because we, we have a loan with this bank, we are beholden to this bank. Like they can kind of reach in and say, here's what you can and can't do with your money. You know, and, and so if you have a lot of credit card debt, if you have, you know, a lot of, maybe you've, you've taken a second, a third mortgage on your home, if you've got car payments, if you've got, you know, so many student loans, if you've got all these things, you become a slave because you might have it that there's something that you want to do. There's some place that you want to go. Maybe there's even something that you feel God is calling you to do, right? Maybe there's something like this revelation that you had about your purpose, and you're just like, man, this is what God has for me. I think God wants me to be in ministry. I think I'm going to go to Poland and I'm going I'm to be on the border. I think God is calling me to do this to help to work with Ukrainian refugees. But because of all the debt that you have, you can't do it. Right? You can't do what, God is, what you feel God is calling you to do. Right? What God says, he says, I don't want you to be a slave to anyone. I want, I want to be your master. I, don't, I always thought like the name MasterCard, it's a little too on the nose, isn't it? I mean, it's kind of crazy that they, that they, they name it that. But, but God says, I want, I want to be your master. I want to be the one that you're beholden to. I don't want you to be beholden to anyone else. And so what happens, what we do when we take on all of this consumer debt, right? we do it little by little by little. Nobody ever says, and listen, here's the thing. I know that for some of you, and you know, some of you, you're hearing this and you're like, preach it, Phil, because you've been living kind of debt-free. Others, you're kind of like, all right, maybe I got to, this is good to hear. I got to make some adjustments. Some of you right now, maybe you're really feeling like really discouraged. Maybe you know that like you're, you're deep in debt, like you're really in a hole. And, and it's even hard for you to hear this. Because, you know, the reality is nobody says, hey, here's my goal. Here's what I want to see happen. By the time I'm 40, I want to be $50,000 in credit card debt. That's my goal. I'm going to jump right into that. Nobody does that. It happens little by little by little, right? It happens like one purchase, one vacation after another. So why do, I mean, why do we do it? Like, well, you think about what it is we're giving up and what is it, what are we getting back? It really, it doesn't make any sense, right? It doesn't make any sense that, that just, you know, so you drive up in this brand new car and somebody that you don't even know is like, wow, look at that car. Like, who cares? Right? Who cares what that person thinks? Who cares? We, we spend so much time and we pay such a price to come into this, like, this obligation to other people that uh, it doesn't make any sense. And we just do it little by little by little. You know, we come to this place where we find out that we're enslaved. And what it really comes down to is it's because we lack self-control. It's because, it's because we lack self-control. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to point fingers at any one person here. We all struggle with this. We've all had areas where we've looked at something and said, you know, this doesn't really make sense, but I really need this vacation. And paying for this vacation, I'll let that be a problem for future Phil. I'm not going to worry about this right now. Or I really need that phone. Or I really need this upgrade. Or I really need that. And now we're in a place where interest rates are going up. Margin is shrunk. Reality is set in that the borrower is a slave to the lender. Here's the third truth. God says that when we don't exercise self-control, that you are vulnerable to attack. You're vulnerable to attack. Proverbs 25, 28. It says, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. This is a very powerful image. What it says is that imagine like you're like the defender of a city. 
but you're, you lapse, and, and so there's a, there's a breakthrough and your outer defenses. And now all of a sudden, the enemy's at the gate. And all of a sudden, the enemy's inside the gate. And it says, when we lack self-control, what we do is we let the enemy into our house. And, and the Bible talks about giving the devil a foothold. And I think that there's a thing, when it comes to taking on way too much debt, we give the devil a foothold. One of the things that God promises you is that he will give you perfect peace, right? That he will, that he will give us the peace that passes all understanding. But I think many of us, we haven't had that peace. We haven't enjoyed that peace. We've had sleepless nights. We've had anxiety because we've taken on too much debt. We've given the enemy a foothold. Or what God says, he says, the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. And some of you, you have so much debt financially, you're in such a bind that it's like this weight that's on you. And you can almost like feel that it's like weighing you down, that it's crushing you. And the joy of the Lord isn't your strength because, because you've let the enemy in. You know, the reality is that most, that most divorces are due to couples fighting over marriage. I mean, fighting over money. And so maybe you found that, that you and your spouse, you're under this pressure and you've just been fighting over money and fighting over bills and fighting over spending, that what happens is, you know, that, that we, we let the enemy in and it negatively affects our relationship with God. We was talking about how it maybe can keep you from finding your purpose and walking in everything that God has for you. I think, too, that when we're enslaved by a certain standard of living, when we're, when we're trying to live a little bit too high, it makes it really hard for us to be generous. Because I know that I'm sure that every single person here that every single one of us, when you see the, the video of the people, you know, on the border and the refugees, that you're like, man, I want to work a day to help Ukrainian refugees. But maybe you say, you know what, I can't, I can't work one day for Ukraine because i got to work 365 days for visa. And so it doesn't, it's in your heart. I don't think it's not in your heart. It's in your heart, but we've, we've become slaves. We've kind of let the enemy in. And so, and so what do we do? How do we move forward? Because there is a way out. There is a way out. And so let me give you just really quick four things that we can do. And again, you know what? I, you know, I, I, I think there's so many different ways that you could be taking this. But as I said, like when God says something, you know, here, here's the thing, right? God is so clear about debt. God is so clear about how we're supposed to think about it. And it is, it is in such contrast right now to what our culture says. And that we need to really pay attention to what God says because I think we're, we're, seeing, we're seeing the implications of just kind of following the culture. We're seeing how this works. And so the first thing is this. You need to acknowledge the reality of where you are. You need to acknowledge the reality of where you are. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so maybe you've been just kind of pretending that everything's great. And you're driving this car, and it's a great car, but you're, you're falling behind in the payments or whatever it is. There's no financial margin. There's stress. You need to just acknowledge. You need to, say, you need to say, I am not in a good place. I need to make some changes. I can't go on the way that, that I've been going on. And I think it really starts with some of, some of you. What you need to do is you need to make a decision. You need to say, I'm done using my credit card. I'm done using it. I'm, I'm going to chop it up. 
I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, they used to say, stick it in a block of ice. Like, put it in ice so if you need it, it takes like two days for it to thaw out. But now we could probably hold it up and read the numbers and like go to Amazon, you know, with that. I don't know if that would work. But you need to have that thing in your heart that says, I'm done with this. I'm going to develop, I, I, need, to, I need to make a change. I need, something's got to give. I need to develop self-control in my life. I'm tired of being a slave. The second thing is you need to develop a plan of attack. Don't just, you know, don't just hear these words. Don't just hear what God says and say, okay, well, that's interesting. That sounds good. No, we need to do something about it. Remember, that's what Jesus said. We're going to build our house on the rock. And the way we do that is we hear the teachings of Jesus and then we do it. If we just hear it and we don't do it, then we're building our financial house on the sand. And so I want to encourage you to have, have a plan. Say, I'm going to do something about this. It's going to start with, with no more credit card spending, but I'm also going to come up with a plan. I'm going to come up with a way to get out of the current debt that I have. And maybe you look at it and you're like, I don't know, I don't know if that's possible. But you can, I'm not going to give you a specific strategy, but there is one thing called, um, uh, what are they, it's called debt, the debt cascade method. And so I'm not going to explain that to you, but I would encourage you to, to go home, check out, you know, do a Google search on the, on the debt cascade method because it's a way that you can have like a date and you can say, all right, I'm not going to incur any more credit card debt and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this debt cascade method and so then in three years, I'm going to be debt free. Or in two years, I'm going to be debt free. Or maybe four years, but whatever it is that you say, I'm not going to live this way for the rest of my life. I'm going to have self-control. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to do something about it. And the third thing is this, do it now. Do it now. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. See, this is a moment, and you need to see it. You need to, it's time that you need to say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go home today, and I'm going to chop up my credit cards. Or I'm going to go home today, and, and me and my spouse, we're going to sit down, and we're going to work on a budget. And we're going to make some real changes. And maybe what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, some of the stuff that we have that we don't need, we're going to sell some stuff on eBay. But we're going we're gonna to start living differently. Today, I'm going to make the change. I'm going I'm to make the change right now. And the last thing is this. Humbly ask your father for help. Humbly ask your father for help. Because, listen, I, again, I know that some of you are feeling really discouraged with this. Some of you are just like, you know what, Phil, I just, I, I can't even think about it. I don't even know. Like, I don't, I don't see a way out. It just, it just, you know, it, it, I'm in a place where I don't, I don't see a way forward. I want you to know that God can make a way. God can make a way where there is no way. God wants to bring you to freedom. God wants all of the financial pressure that you're living under. All of the financial stress, the weight, the anxiety that you're living with, God wants to set you free. Whom the Son has set free is really free. And it says this in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 5 to 7. It says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Don't just pretend everything's fine. Don't pretend, hey, my image is good and, you know, everything's great. No, He opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I just want to say that if you, if you right now will say, God, God, I want to make some changes. God, I've, I haven't had self-control. God, I've just like kind of gotten caught up in the culture. I've dug a hole. Or maybe there, have been, there was an illness. Maybe there were some different external pressures. But you find yourself in this situation that if you will say, God, I need your help, 
If you'll take the steps that you need to say and say, God, you know what? It's kind of like they say, I think it's an AA where they say, we'll say, God will move the mountain, but you need to bring the shovel. Right? And so you say, okay, I'm going to trust you to move the mountain, but God, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's my little, my little sign of faithfulness. I think that you're going to find that God is going to be faithful, that God's going to make a way where there is no way. I was listening to this, this pastor who talked about a, a group that goes on in his church that is for financial accountability. And it's to help people who've gotten in trouble financially to kind of, you know, support each other, encourage each other, learn together so they can find a way out. Which, by the way, would be a great group for us to have. In the past, we've had groups like that. I would love for us to have a group like a financial freedom group that just met every single semester in an ongoing way. If anyone here feels like, I would love to lead a group like that, talk to Pastor Charles, and uh, we, we would love to kind of get that group up and running as soon as possible because it's such a need. But anyway, so, so this group had like 10 different couples that were, that were there, and they had a lot of credit card debt. And so they added up. They got honest with each other. They added up all the credit card debt. They put the number on a board, and it was like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so then with the debt cascade method, again, you can Google it, but they, they realized, okay, so this is where we're going to be debt-free in three years, in four years, whenever. And, and, and they all were committed to it. And they were intentional about it. And, and so what each and every one of them experienced as they were trying to be faithful, as they were doing what God called them to do, is that they all got free before the date that they had written on the board. See, God did something. God, God honored their faithfulness. And so maybe there was like, you know, a bonus that they got at work or there was a new job or a raise or, or maybe family money that they didn't expect or a tax refund that they didn't expect. And when that money came in, they didn't say, oh, we got some extra money. Vegas, baby, let's go. What they, what they said was, all right, we're, we're really committed. We want to come into freedom, right? We want to come into the freedom that God has for us. We don't want to be slaves anymore. We want, we want to see God's blessing in our life. And so we're going to say no to our culture, which says, play now, pay later. And we want, to, we want to follow God's godly principles and advice as we live our life financially so that God will have our heart. And so where our treasure is there, our heart will be also God. We want you to have our heart. And so they were committed to that. And so each and every one, they found that God just did some, some miracles. God did some surprising things. And so listen, I believe that we can see that. I think for some of you, like, God is really speaking to you right now. And God is saying to you, like, you got to make some changes. You know what? you gotta, you got to be honest. you got to come up with a plan. you got to do it now. But then you got to ask God for help. And then God's going God's gonna to provide you help. He's going he's gonna to make a way where there is no way. And so let's all stand right now. And we could have people on the, the prayer ministry team come on up here. Because here, here's... Here's what I want to do. I just, I think that, that this room is full of people who are under significant financial pressure. And when it comes to financial pressure, sometimes it's easy. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to really think about it. We don't want to acknowledge. But, but, but God, right, he, he opposes the proud. He gives grace and, and faith to the humble. And so if you're under financial pressure, I want to encourage, like whatever it is today, don't leave here without casting your anxiety, giving it to Him, giving it to the Lord, letting God take that burden, letting Him take that anxiety. 
And so maybe, you know, maybe it has to do with a debt load that you can't imagine coming out from under. Maybe there was an illness. Maybe there were, there were circumstances in your life that, were, that just was the hand that you were dealt. But it was a, it's a hard hand. And we want to pray for you that God will give you encouragement, that God will make a way. And I think something that God wants to do right now for, for many of us is he wants to give you a gift of faith. He wants to give you a gift of faith so that you can just believe, even as we sung in the song, you know, a couple of the songs this morning, that God can move mountains, that God can make a way where there is no way. And so, Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would come right now and that you would provide financial freedom, that you would provide hope, God, that you would give us faith, Lord, that we would would know and enjoy the financial favor and financial blessing of God. Lord, that you are that you are taking care of us and that, Lord, you give us just enough, just in time. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that you would do a work here this morning that each and every one of us would leave, Lord, knowing that you have our back, that if you're for us, who shall be against us? Some other, the, the prayer team got together before the service and a couple other things they thought people might want prayer for or some of what the Holy Spirit was saying is that, is that there are addictions that need to be broken. And so maybe, maybe that's been part of it. Maybe there's been an, an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to, to shopping that, that has really just, just kind of helped put you in this situation. Um, they had a sense that there's someone you have, you have ulcers due to anxiety. And maybe, maybe the anxiety is due to what we're talking about here. Maybe it's something else, but they had a sense that God wants to heal you. Uh, a woman who's been experiencing a lot of pain in her forehead. You've, maybe even right now, you have a lot of pain right in the center of your forehead, and it's just sort of the stabbing pain that you've been dealing with. They had a sense that God wants to heal you. Someone who has arthritis in the right hand, uh, is kind of in the right hand moving into the wrist. Someone else with pain in the left ear. Uh, and, um, and they had a sense, too, that there was a couple today that you were talking about your finances just even this weekend and really just kind of feeling, feeling kind of hopeless and helpless. Uh, but God is wanting to give you faith and give you a way forward as a couple that God has a new future and a better future for you. So, so if any of those things resonate, these folks are going to be here. They would love to have the opportunity to pray for you. And so, Lord God, we just say that we love you this morning. God, we take all of our fears, all of our anxieties. We, Lord, we just lay them down at your feet. And so, God, we just thank you that you are faithful, that you are the God who makes a way when there is no way. And so, God, I pray that we would all just experience the freedom that you have for us so that we can abound in every good work for your glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you guys, and uh, we'll see you soon. Don't forget, growth track starting in a few minutes.